Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hello and welcome to the Giants Splash podcast, the San Francisco Chronicles podcast on the Giants and all things Major League Baseball. I'm your host, Chronicle Giants beat writer Susan Slesser, and today our guest is Kyle Haynes, the Giants Director of Player Development. Kyle, uh, I was going to start off asking, you know, kind of all the obvious stuff about how things are going at the alternate site and in Arizona and things. But first of all, I think what's on everyone's mind uppermost is Camilo Duvall in his Major League debut. Uh, you, you've obviously seen him a lot. You know he was at the alternate site. What are your thoughts on what he was able to do in that first pretty spectacular inning? Uh, well, I think one week... We, we all get nervous on the player development side where, uh, you know, when our guys get called up, you just never know what to expect and you, you hope not to have oversold your, oversold your players throughout the years. And then they come in and, and um, you know, they get nervous. But uh, Camilio Duvall was, was incredible and we've seen him do that before. And um, I've made comments such as uh, there's nobody nastier on right-handed hitters in the game when he's on. And I think we saw a glimpse of that yesterday. And, it's like Christmas morning for people in player development to see someone like himself go up and make their major league debut and pitch. Well, it's just, uh, it's such an exciting time for all of us in the minor leagues to, to see players from the system that we signed and developed graduate and, and help our major league team win. Like he did yesterday, major league debut in a one nothing game on the road. And, uh, what a tough spot that he handled with just, uh, just ice in his veins. Yeah, the the heart of the order, and he, and he seems delightful. Obviously, this is the Zoom era, so I haven't actually ever met him in person. But he shows a lot of personality. Even you know, English is not his first language, and he uses an interpreter uh, or when he goes. But um, he still his personality still seems to come out. What what have your been have been your impressions of him over the years? Yeah, naturally a quieter kid. Um, definitely not the the life of the locker room, but he's got a, a nice sense of humor to himself and. Um just a, a quiet confidence to himself and uh, never seems to get too high or too low, which I think was great for a moment such as yesterday. Um, but, you know, we, we signed him at 16, 17 years old. Um, and, um, you know, it's just great seeing these kids. I mean, we're kind of like, um, you know, they're like family to us in a certain way where you see someone go from a, a young boy uh, to a young man and, and now, you know, on the major league stage and hopefully helping our team out for the rest of the season. Now, you guys are still in this kind of um, a little bit unusual situation where you've got the alternate site going in Sacramento, and of course, you've got the minor league operations going in Arizona. Um, have you been going back and forth, or are you mostly sticking in Arizona right now? No, I stayed in Arizona and just watched remotely. Uh, last year, I spent every day at the alternate site, and then this year, um, just rely on, on Dave Brundage and the staff there to um, and, uh, run the operations, and they're doing a great job there. Um, but uh, I have not personally bounced back and forth. Just watched on video, just due to safety and COVID, yeah. I, I didn't want to be jumping back and forth uh, in and out of sites. 
That makes sense. Uh, what are your impressions on how things are going at Sacramento? Uh, you know, I, it, it's a little bit different um, in a good way from last year in that they can scrimmage other teams. I mean, you know, it's basically Stockton, but um, at least it's not just an inter-squad every day. Yeah, and it, I think it gives it a little bit of, um, you know, a feel of competition where it's just not just kind of glorified uh um, you know, uh, instructionally or something where you're inter-squadding a lot. Um, but, you know, the A's have some very nice players, a lot of major league experience. I know we've faced, like, Mike Fires a few times and, and some of their better pitching, and uh, I'm very proud of the way the guys have performed. Uh, a lot of guys have, have, uh, have played well, and they've played well as, as a team. And um, definitely wins and losses aren't really considered a big deal there but i know that uh, more times than not we've ended up on the positive side of those versus some very talented players with the a's um and then circling to the younger players they've more than held their own uh in those games which is nice to see as well so there's players staying very well uh prepared to be called up to the major leagues such as doval yesterday who was staying sharp there and then um we're seeing some of the younger players, such as uh, Will Wilson or Ricardo Genoves, uh, have some nice starts to camp, Hunter Bishop and, and others. It's such an interesting mix there because you do have to have sort of a, a lot of different positions covered in case there's the need at the big league level. Uh, but there are so many top prospects who didn't play last year that you want to have in, in at least semi-game kind of action as quickly as possible. How did you guys come up with you know your decisions on who to send at the alternate site while making sure that you're also covered in case there's a need at the big league level yeah i think the first thing was the major league roster and making sure that there was depth there and anyone that we considered um as a potential option to be um you know called upon um uh, which is kind of the purpose of the of the alternate site to start with so didn't want to lose track of that purpose and then the second part was um we, we kept the younger pitchers from Major League Camp back and some of the younger position players, but um, we still needed enough positions to fill the game, so you might as well send the players who were in game shape from Major League Spring Training, uh, which is why you saw some of, some of these players go up there uh, to Sacramento and um, continue uh, since they're game ready, whereas if they had started in Minor League Camp, they'd have to start all over with the progressions uh, into game action. And also just for a mental break for some of those guys to – to get away from spring training. Uh, we, we spent over six weeks in spring training. It's part of major league camp. And now we're doing four more weeks of minor league camp. So it had been 10 weeks of spring training for some of those players. So, um, obviously, uh, which we do have some people and staff doing that. So it's, it's been rough, but, um, you know, it was a nice break. And, and also they were needed to make sure that we could fill, uh, fill the, the lineup up. Cause we just sent a lot more pitching to the alternate site, um, than position players. So we needed to fill every position. Um, any surprises at the alt site for, for you? Um, I mean, nothing drastic. Um, I think we are encouraged by everybody who's there, but I think uh, Will Wilson's start was, was fantastic. Even in some of the inner squads that aren't, aren't public, he, he swung the bat really well. So I think it was really exciting to see Will uh, play well there, um, by all accounts, whether it's against CAs or in the inner squad and live batting practices. Yeah, it's such an interesting prospect, obviously, you know, acquired a uh, first rounder and, and all of that. Uh, it looked good in one, what, what we saw in big league spring training, too, can really swing the bat. Yeah, yeah, he's continued to drive the ball. Lost, it felt like he lost at least three or four, maybe more homers in, in major league camp, just hitting them to the 430 mark at Scottsdale Stadium or into the wind on those random days. So uh, 
uh, he's he's <laughs> he swung the bat well and, and had some results to show for it, but really not total uh, what he's really done so far this spring. So um, in Arizona, it looks like there also have been sort of exhibition games so far. Uh, you've got everyone in camp there, I'm assuming at this point, and and it's kind of up and running in terms of of competition and scrimmages there. That's correct. Yeah, that, that's right. I think we've played roughly five games. I mean, it's starting to get like Groundhog Day, where every day is exactly the same. But um, yeah, we've played we've played at least a handful of games versus outside competition. And so far, things have went really smooth. We've we've been very healthy and safe, and and not had any issues, so to speak, with uh, COVID or other issues. And we're playing a lot, and guys are getting a lot of playing time, and and uh, we're we're putting development at play here. And it's nice to see these young kids, especially a lot of them that didn't go to alternate side or instructionally, get out on the field for the first time in a year, a year and a half. It gives us a lot to talk about, but first of all, you do, you mentioned the COVID protocols and obviously you've got dozens and dozens of, of minor leaguers all together. Um, with uh, Arizona being a, one of the spots where people can get vaccinated pretty much uh, wide open now, all, all ages. Are you encouraging players to get vaccinated? Has that, had there been, you know, a, a handful or, or more who are doing so? Yeah, I've, I've actually been really surprised how receptive our players were. And, you know, the really the strategy is just, just to educate. And, you know, my myself, I, I told them that I, I got myself vaccinated. So I'm not trying to sell something that I wouldn't do to myself. So um, I was able to, to, to get, get that taken care of here in Arizona. And we just told people that, um, you know, we, we told them the education and we put literature out for them to read and make a decision for themselves and, um, we've actually been very pleasantly surprised how many players were were um, were, were uh, making the appointments and and trying to ask for help and and signing up for the vaccine. And we've had a, a, you know, a big amount. I'll say it's a big amount. I don't have the exact number in front of me, but it's it's more than I expected. Oh, I'll just say that. Is there? I, I know there's a sort of an 85 percent threshold on the min- on the major league side where they can kind of loosen up some of the clubhouse restrictions and stuff like that if they get to about 85 percent vaccination rate is there something like that on the minor league side at all they have not uh, officially told us that no um we're hopeful for some guidance on that and i think my my personal hope is that we we have a similar um strategy to what the major league and team and players got for us but right now we've not had any indication of um you know a number of rules that would help ease our restrictions and, and we're staying pretty uh, strict We'll be back with more with Giants Director of Player Development, Kyle Haynes, in just one moment. But a reminder, you can find all of the Chronicles, Giants coverage and Major League Baseball coverage at sfchronicle.com. And to subscribe, go to sfchronicle.com slash pod. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Now, as, as of course everyone knows, there was no minor league season last year. Um, how different is this spring um in the especially in arizona with the fact that so many guys really 
didn't play at all last year. How, what's sort of the emphasis with a lot of players whose development was was really interrupted? Yeah, it's it's been a challenging spring uh, in many regards. You got the COVID protocols, you got all this going on, and we just said let's focus on the goals, which is make sure they get out on the field and they get their reps in. And we get them on the field to compete in these games. And really, that's been the biggest goals um, because there's a lot of things we would love to cover, but we've just tried to make a priority that these kids have been in batting cages and weight rooms for a long time, and we're continuing to do that. But really, just making sure that uh, the, the areas that they've missed for almost 18 months is is uh, is emphasized the most, which is the game action, and then making sure they get to their opening days in the minor league season as healthy as possible. How much do you feel like um, players were set back without that season, or are you kind of seeing a wide range of, of variation there in terms of readiness, or maybe you know being set back or staying ready? Yeah, we've seen a, we've seen a huge um, you know variables, I guess, between player to player. Uh, some players have improved over the last year. Some players. Um, put on good weight some put on maybe not so good weight for their athleticism quarantine weight um, it doesn't count yeah yeah it's uh they you know they put on that uh freshman 15 during the quarantine i guess um but um you know we're working with each player individually to make sure we meet their needs and and we know who has upside and 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 uh potential ahead of them and we just have different hurdles to try to get it out of them based on their individual circumstances they went through the last year so um yeah, there's definitely a, a gap. Uh, certain players who, some of them improved a lot on their own, and, and some um, stayed fairly stagnant. And due to circumstances maybe beyond their control, uh, we stayed in touch. And, and overall, the group really showed up in, in great shape and, and took their uh, their uh, time away um, very serious and um, very pleased with the with the group on the whole. There's there's just still a few, obviously a small percent that that uh, maybe is behind. Have you heard any sort of interesting stories about either how guys were able to stay in shape or do baseball activity under various different circumstances or guys that are, you know, were working multiple jobs and also trying to stay in shape? What what kind of things are you hearing from especially some of your, you know, not high prospect kind of kids who maybe are were getting by just on their minor league stipends? Yeah, I, I... On the job front, I mean, guys were doing what they could. Um, a, a lot of guys on the training front, just very creative and trying to figure out a way to have a mound. You know, guys were building their own mounds. Guys were throwing against walls and, you know, were sending them weighted balls or, you know, they were trying to scrap together resources that they could uh, to play catch or, or hit. Um, but in general, it was it was pretty impressive what guys were able to do. Um, um, I know some some of the players uh, from Venezuela that didn't make their way back to Venezuela they stayed with family and they were all in the same area and they'd form games and they'd actually play games so it was amazing how many guys we talked to that just found buddies and scrapped together almost sandlot type games at high school fields and to face live hitters uh and uh, things of that nature so that was that was really impressive and almost like a throwback to guys who used to form their own games and leagues on their own yeah stick ball in the street and stuff yeah yeah exactly how much of a challenge was last year and really kind of moving into this year for the player development side because you've got you know more than 100 players scattered not just all over the country but really you know all, all over the western hemisphere really yeah correct it's always hard to to say you know the year was difficult when other people had it so much more difficult than we did but 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was challenges that I don't think any of us ever thought about planning for, and we had to adjust on the fly. And, um, obviously the United States, we have, pro- you know, our, our problems here, but to think about players in Venezuela and their families or, or, or some of these other countries, uh, the Dominican Republic and how those countries are dealing with COVID and, uh, you know, play, pe- our players in Venezuela, um, it's hard for them to eat sometimes. Uh, it's hard to find food. It's, it's hard to find proper medical care for their families. And then you add in the, the whole COVID environment into that, uh, into the, into their country and the issues there. Um, it obviously magnifies it. And then trying to get a hold of them sometimes is, is difficult. Um, just cause cell phone service and Wi-Fi is tough to get a hold of, uh, for them to, uh, to access. So, um, yeah, a lot of challenges, um, you know, just natural causes that are, are, are struggles. And then also the COVID just compounding that. Wow. That's, that's absolutely amazing. Um, now with no games last year, how does that impact things like decision-making this year, you know, deciding who goes to what level, um, how much playing time maybe certain guys are getting with, with that year off, how does that impact what you guys are doing in, in terms of this bunch? Yeah, I, that's actually a struggle that I have a lot every day, and I debate it myself every single day, it seems like. And um, I think the, the, the instinct is you don't really want to overly punish someone for this small sample of spring training. But at the same time, there is, you know, it does put more pressure than a typical spring training on some of these players to show us that they're, they're ready and they've passed people or been passed up. Um, at least for an opportunity, maybe not, you know, write them off, but maybe their opportunities at a different level than what it would have been a year ago. Um, I think the decisions obviously are going to be really tough. And then you add in the fact that we subtracted one minor league team and, um, we're, we're having still a lot of players, but, um, you know, you, you add in the minor league, major league dynamic change and the structure of the minor league baseball combined with the missed season and it creates a, a definitely a, a different uh, feel to, to making rosters than ever before I, I can't even imagine just uh that the headaches you guys are all all dealing with it at this point but some of them are good to have at least there there will be play it was the anticipation level for um you know I, some leagues start i think may 4th um i think sacramento actually starts a little bit later like may 7th what is the anticipation level to actually just get real minor league games going again for the first time in a year and a half yeah i, I think we're all optimistic we're going to start on time everything should start on time and yeah, it's it's just going to be that opening night when I've got the games. Either I'm in person at one, or I got games on my iPad. Hopefully, uh, everything works good on the streaming and everything. But uh, I think there's going to be a sigh of relief and and joy over all of us. So um, as we get the players back on those fields, and by all accounts, we should be starting on those dates that you mentioned, and hopefully resume um, minor league baseball. Maybe not normal, but but close to normal. Now, where can fans expect to see some of the top prospects? Have you made decisions on some of those guys yet? Do you have a, a, a ideas that you can share with us? Guys, of course, like Marco Luciano, um, Elliot Ramos. I mean, some of these guys are at the alternate site, but that does not necessarily mean they are going to start the season, say, at Sacramento, I'm guessing. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, well, I mean, I'm, I'm biased. I think we got prospects that every every team will have some prospects to some degree. So um, I think anyone who's able to enjoy Giants minor league baseball will see some players that uh, help. Hopefully, should impact our major league team uh, in the in the near future. But I, I can't help but get a little excited about uh, thinking about 
the San Jose team and the Eugene, Eugene teams, especially, and just the depth uh, of the of the players. We're going to have some really good players who, um, even even the extended spring Arizona League uh, uh, type setting, there are going to be a lot of good players there. So, um, you know, I think in particular, I, I think Marco. I, I don't. We haven't made a final determination, but but all indications are, I think, um, you know, it'll be definitely be on one of the A ball teams, and and I think. San Jose makes a lot of sense right now, but we've not made any final determination. And then, obviously, I think that the the San Jose group and and even the Eugene group uh, should have a lot of excitement at all the positions on the field, including the rotations and and even the bullpens. And uh, Elliot Ramos, where do you see him starting? Oh, that's that's a great that's a great question. I think that that's a that's that's one um, we'll have to determine late and. And uh, I know he's done everything in his power to try to make his case for Sacramento. Um, uh, I think if you were probably asked a couple year, months ago, we would think Richmond, but but Elliot's done so great. Uh, I think it's at least worth a discussion. And um, I'll uh, I'll let you talk to Farhan next time you talk to him about that one. So I'll defer that one to Farhan and Scott. So darn it, Kyle, things were going so well with this interview. Tell us, Elliot Ramos Roblox. Uh, they had they had also kind of suggested this was like about a I don't know weeks or maybe even a month ago they they said something the fact like he probably needs two hundred and fifty five hundred at bats at double A AA and triple A but I think that Ramos might be you're right I think he's probably pushing pretty hard for Sacramento I I think every single day I get fans asking me when he's coming up to the big leagues so I you know he's certainly I think on the fast track no matter where he starts off it's pretty safe to say yeah and. You know, I think there, the the one thing too is that you don't have to go directly from Sacramento to the big leagues, or there's no required amount of days in Sacramento or Richmond or Eugene or anywhere. So, I think every player needs to move at its pace, and I think Exhibit A, um, you know, the minor it's usually the major leagues. You got the minor leagues, and if you're in the minor leagues, you're working on development, and then you you know we put them in the big leagues when they're ready. And I think Exhibit A is Joey Bart. Um, He's a guy that we kept saying, I think people thought it was, you know, coaches speak or, or media talk that he needed more seasoning. And and we all are still excited about Joey Bart. But um, due to due to circumstances where we needed catching, Joey was in the big leagues last year. And and I think, you know, people could see, yeah, he, he probably needs some more bats in the minor leagues before he's the player that we all think he's going to be here in the future. And. And the same goes with with Elliot and and Marco and and down the line. It's not just you know organizational speak. And we say, hey, they need more season, they need more experience before they're they're ready for their big league time. Um, it's generally what we think. And uh, we're in the market of winning games in the major leagues. We're not trying to win prospect rankings or anything. So when players are ready, they'll be in the big leagues. And and putting them there too early isn't going to do anyone uh, you know anyone favors, including the player or the team. So we'll make sure that we'll have them ready. And um, I know everyone wants a timeline on Marco Luciano, but it, 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 it might be a while. We don't know, right? So it, it might be really fast. We'll, we'll see how it plays out. He said next year. So, I mean, that's, that's really on him now to, to make sure that happens. <laughs> that, he's putting that pressure on himself. We're not putting that pressure on him. I'll promise you that. Uh, yeah, that's funny. Uh, yeah, you mentioned that catching is obviously something that you, you guys have a, a lot of uh, – strengthen in the minor leagues especially with guys like Bart and Patrick Bailey where would you say their development is yeah you mentioned Bart kind of having to to come up a lot earlier than probably was uh ideal last year with the circumstances um and then Patrick Bailey's also you know he looked great during the spring from from what we saw too yeah Patrick's been fantastic and 
you know, I think um, in a perfect world, Joey spent half a year in Richmond and half a year in Sacramento last year. I think that would have been a great path for him. Um, but Patrick, you know, I, I, I think, um, you know, between him and Joey, and you can put Ricardo Genovese in that category where, um, you know, it's an area that we didn't have a lot of depth at. We had a lot of players, but not a lot of depth for a long time. And um, now it's starting to, to really give us options uh, throughout the system, which also will help the development of our pitchers as well. Um, so there's kind of residual effects to having catching prospects that they help pitching uh, develop better as well. Um, but we're excited about all those guys. And, and you know, Patrick, I mean, he's, he's his first pro experience was in Oracle Park, which how many players can ever say that? And, uh, um, you know, we'll see where the development goes for all three of those guys, and, and we'll see how, uh, you know, they move and, and we'll see how they take to, to gaining that experience this year in the minor leagues that they, they missed last year. Uh, you, you said you guys aren't trying to win prospect rankings, but you guys have been getting pretty rave reviews here in the last year or two for the development side. Um, and I, I think MLB recently compared the minor league group that you have now to the Posey, Bumgarner, Crawford, Belt years as they were kind of coming up and then, you know, really contributing to that, the, obviously, the, the dynasty at the big league level. How do you evaluate the overall crop you have right now? Yeah. Oh, man, they're putting all kinds of pressure on our shoulders <laughs> down here. Oh, man. Um, that's quite the that's quite a group to have to, to live up to. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about our group. Um, really am. And I think uh, fans have a reason to be excited. The, the thing is, some of them are going to pan out. And even out of the, the Baumgartner-Posey group, some of them panned out and some of them didn't. Some of them were trade pieces for people who panned out. So um, I really personally love our group. Um, we've done a fantastic job uh, as a as a as a baseball ops department, not just in player development. Our scouting department needs a lot of credit. Our educational department needs a lot of credit. Our coaches, our coordinators, they deserve a lot of credit. And um, obviously, the talented players make up. Uh, they they help a lot. They help us a lot. Um, we got a lot of them. Um, we're excited to see which ones um, kind of that cream rises to the top, so to speak. Where um, and we have a we have a big group of players that all have potential and now it's our job to turn that potential into performance and um i i i'm really excited about how how well we've worked together scouting player development everyone's worked together for one good goal and that is to to get more of those uh, camilio duvall stories where they come up and can help our team win yeah, yeah you guys have done a really tremendous job with the international signings uh, really for a very long time, but but especially in recent years, it's been impressive. Now the the draft, you don't you don't run the draft personally, but obviously it winds up impacting your job significantly, and it's different this year. How does the the new format kind of sh- fewer rounds? How might that impact what you're doing? Yeah, no, that's that's a, a, a fantastic point. I'd sit in the room, Michael Holmes, and 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 all the scouts allow me to observe. Um, so I feel much more in the loop, and I can loop in our PD group through that draft. You mentioned the international. I mean, Joe Salermo and his group's done a great job, and that that's an ultimate testament to a development system as well because you're getting the most, like, uh, you know, moldable piece of clay at 16 years old. So that really challenges us to develop. But, yeah, in the draft, in the 20 rounds, um, you know, I don't know. I, I think there might be a – personally, I don't know if there's going to be a big run on college players because there wasn't as many selected last year. Um and then a new group eligible, um, or if it's going to be a big round of high school players, I'm not sure. But um, that dynamic there 
uh, of the draft uh, is is going to be very unique this year. I'm interested to see how that's going to play out myself because I don't I don't have a clue what we're going to get in that draft and what the depth is, but I, I have imagined that that there's going to be a big pool of players to pick from. And maybe even after the draft is non-drafted free agents, there should be some nice players available. Oh yeah, that's true. That's a, that's really, that could be just as interesting really. Cause as you know, we all know how many big league players have wound up being taken after those rounds, you know, in past years. Now they will be undrafted free agents that might just be Correct. right for yeah. the picking, um, which is where yeah. having a good reputation as a top notch development team um will really help you guys and i think you guys have that yeah for sure and and i think you're with 20 rounds now you don't have 40 players to pick and then you know if you if you messed up and picked guys between rounds 10 and 20 poorly and maybe got someone in round 25 to disguise that you know now that doesn't play in so i think it puts a lot of pressure on the scouts to evaluate really well because uh, with a shorter draft and et cetera, I think you're going to start to see uh, scouts. Uh, the, the good scouts are, are going to be um, much more involved because you don't, you're not just picking 40 players. You have a much smaller pool to actually select from. So, um, you know, the good scouting teams are really going to probably have an advantage. Uh, and then well, and uh, excited to see our scouts get to work so we can get some, uh, some players to, to add to our already system. That's, that's really deep. Yeah. Do you, do you watch the, the draft with an eye to, we really need, uh, X, you know, you know, whatever, uh, position, maybe you feel like you're a little lighted and, and kind of like root. Do you have yourself like rooting interests with things or even potential, uh, actual specific players? Um, I do. Uh, and sometimes I know the depth and that's where me and Michael Holmes, uh, connect a lot. Um, as far as where can we get playing time for players? So really my big role is just telling him like, Hey, if you're going to pick us this position, just to let you know, we don't really have much playing time for that. So, you know, we want to make sure that when we pick someone that to develop them, uh, we got to get them on the field to a certain extent. So, um, you know, on the back of my mind, I'm, I'm just, you know, usually I'm always rooting for more starting pitching <laughs> so or, or catchers. So I'm, I'm back in my mind. I'm like, Oh, a starting pitcher. That looks, looks enticing right there, but you just never feel like you have enough pitching. So I always see, see myself getting excited when we pitch someone with a starting pitching profile. That's uh, I think that's baseball uh, universal in baseball as everybody always wants more starting pitching. Well, it, yeah. it gives us all a lot to look forward to between the draft and then most of all the upcoming minor league season, Finally, so uh, hopefully we will check back with you at some point and see how it's all continuing to go. But uh, good luck with everything as you get it all up and running. Uh, Kyle Haynes, thanks so much for joining us on Giant Splash. Thank you, Susan. Our thanks again to Kyle Haynes for joining us on Giant Splash. Our producers today were G. Allen Johnson and King Kaufman. We'll be back again next week with more Giant Splash. Thanks so much for listening.